It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, quarter to six. It is the warm-up show. Till then, Boomer and Geo coming up in a few minutes. We'd like to thank our four callers today for four calls. Um, coming up just a little bit, uh, something on the music. Also, I want to ask Fliegelman something, too. But first, uh, the Giants, real quick. Just, this is a quick one from yesterday. Uh, this quote that basically every coach now says after every loss, uh, we can all do a better job, and it starts with me. That was the quote from Brian Dable yesterday. Not wrong, but you know what else? They can play better. Um the idea, and I, you're starting to hear it creep into talk shows. I don't know that it's been written about yet, although I have seen headlines that have said something along the lines that he deserves to come back. The idea that the Giants would actually go in a different direction, I don't care if they don't win another game. You saw last year, and, and to me it was not smoke and mirrors with that team. Yeah, they won a lot of close games, but they were a well-coached team, uh, they did not commit stupid penalties in big spots in games. They didn't turn the ball over. And a lot of that, to me, is coaching. Um, team was in position to win, and they got the best out of their quarterback. That, to me, was coaching. That was not, you know, you want to say, well, why is it different than Joe Judge? And There were there were red flags with Joe Judge. We We talked about it when he was there. I mean, my God, the bar was so low with Joe Judge that I think they won six games and we were basically rejoicing that they almost made the playoffs at six and ten or something, some nonsense like that. Um, You knew there was an issue there. You knew there was an issue with the McAdoo. Um, The idea, though, that the Giants don't have their head coach, he can coach. They're going to be fine. They need to play better. They need to be healthy. And they they have issues that they will have to address in the offseason and I know a Giant fan doesn't want to hear that, that they're fine. But I do believe going forward, leadership down, that this organization will be okay. All right, real quick, real quick. So I was driving in, and I'm bouncing all over the place. I got McMonagall, I got my music, I got McMonagall, I got my music. And I heard three songs um, in this order. And they made, I mean, it really brought me back to moments in my life that, it almost gave me the chills, actually, just because they were three specific songs. So the first one is this, which I don't know how many of you guys even know this this song, but this is a band called The Breeders. The song is called Cannonball. Uh, and I take you back to, I guess it was 95. I was driving to uh, Florida with my friends Mark and Brian, and Brian's in the front seat, and I was um, chewing tobacco at the time as we were making the 16-hour trip to Florida. And, well, when you're in the car for a long time and you're not stopping much, sometimes that spit cup gets quite big. And at one point, we were somewhere in South Carolina. We had just put this CD in, and that song was on. And Brian looks at me and goes, you think you might want to pull over and dump that cup? I'm like, nah, it's fine. I got another hour's worth of spinning to do. I swear to you, it was not another two or three miles that I go to pick up the spit-filled cup, and I mean disgusting tobacco juice that I hit a pothole on I-95 and that cup went all over Brian's lap and the song's playing 
as his face got redder and redder and redder. And long story short, we stopped. And then we had to uh, clean things off. But that is a moment in time that I will never forget. Anytime I hear the Breeders, uh, specifically that song, I think about that moment. I heard Don Henley, Dirty Laundry, which I go back to 1983, I believe, in California on vacation. We hear it. My cousin Anthony was in the car. We hear that song on the radio on our way to Alcatraz. And then we got in the car after being at Alcatraz, first song on the radio. And it made me think of that. I was nine years old at the time. So when I hear that song, which is rare, you know, it takes me back to that day. And then the other one, which was right after that, was if you remember the song from Pearl Jam, an elderly woman standing behind the counter in a small town, I believe is the name of the song, a very lengthy title. Takes me back to, I think it was 94-ish, right around there, 95. First time I ever drank coffee. I remember going into 7-Eleven, didn't know what to expect because I'd never had it before. And I put the uh, the CD in. That song came up, um, and I started drinking the coffee. And I've never forgotten because I was wired like a lunatic. And I listened to that song probably three times because it was one of those songs that when you like it, you like it, and you want to hear it over and over again. And that was one of those days when I was driving to college, driving to school. I drank the coffee, and I remember getting to class, and I wouldn't shut up because it was the first time I'd ever had, had coffee, and I was wired beyond belief. So those three in sequence today, right in that order, I did hear the Breeders, Don Henley, and Pearl Jam. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mike, I want to ask you a question. So the Brewers, this is Mike Flegelman, uh, Fleegs on the fan when he hosts. So the Brewers named someone by the name of Pat Murphy, their new manager. Okay, great. Craig Council, as we know, was highly sought after and wound up getting a ridiculous $8 million a year contract. The Mets were in the market and wanted Craig Council too. So here's my question to you. Last check, the Brewers won zero World Series. Last check, the Brewers rarely win in the playoffs. Last check, the Brewers have done a whole lot of winning in the regular season, but have done nothing in the postseason. So you as one of the guys around here that loves baseball more than most, please explain to me, because no one has given me an answer on this when I ask, why was Craig Council so sought after, and why was he given $8 million a year? For what exactly? Yeah, I get the assumption that Council just did more with less, that the payroll was very low in Milwaukee. He squeezed a lot that he could out of those teams. I still I agree with you. To You know, you tell me he gets another nice job. He's getting paid $5 million maybe to make him this highly paid, highest paid manager in baseball and just kind of anointing him like he's accomplished a lot more than he has is tipping the scale too much the other way. Again, he's done a lot yeah. with very little in terms of the talent on the roster. He's developed some players. He's been there for that. That's great. We're now going too far the other way and just saying, well, this is a guy you must have. How could you not give him $8 million to and manage blow out your baseball David team? Ross. Like, and, yeah, right. That wasn't a team that fire the guy. They had a guy who had, by all accounts, it, it ended in a way that they were unhappy with, I'm sure. Yes. But a solid year last year, they were for years told they're building this up back up again from the ground up after tearing it down. He's done, from all accounts, a good job there. And all of a sudden now he's just got to get kicked out 
for a guy to now come in and make an absurd amount of money for a team that they're going to spend again. But, I mean, they could have kept the core together from the team that won the World Series, right. and they decided to not spend money, break it all down for a couple of years. So it's a very weird dynamic, oh. and you're right. It's not that just was a team with an opening that just said, let's go get the highly sought-after manager yeah. to just boot somebody for that reason. For kind of him, for him. Oh, this wasn't Joe Torre after he left the Yankees, but whatever. Right, here, here's a guy with zero World Series appearances and ranks. Right, nothing, zero, and very few playoff wins. All right, got to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap it up. I got something for G if he's in here. Amy Lawrence, Odyssey Sports Minute. The Bills blowing it big time. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry. The superheroes of WFAN. Uh, we have about a minute left. Al is out, as you uh, now know. Colonoscopy today. Hope everything goes well. G's in the studio, and I have a hello from somebody. Someone that you know. Oh, wow. Quite well. I spent uh, the evening with him last night. Mike Biseglia. Wow, you spent the evening with Mike Biseglia, who's my former producer over at CBS Sports Radio with Gio and Jones, and I who's at my wedding. Yep. Still a very good friend. We played cornhole together last night. Oh, nice. And got our teeth kicked in by Team Sisler. Oh, wow. <laughs> we yeah. lost. We lost seven games to none. Really? Well, yeah, you lose four games to none, but we lost so quickly. We said, you want to play again? And that was fast. But again, <laughs> seven straight we lost. <laughs> yeah, I've played cornhole with Biseglia as well. Not good. She's not a good player. No, and I'm not good either. These guys were. I think we lost the first game 21 nothing. Uh Then 21-8, then 21-3, then 21-7, and that was over. Wow. But he said to say hello. He's living down uh, the Jersey Shore now. That's right. So not far from me. And I think he will be part of the league now going forward. Nice. The so Biseglias. We he, love them. He did it. WFAN. WFAN-FM. WFAN-FM HD1 New York. Always live on the free Odyssey app.